Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Watermark Church Podcast. We're so excited you've decided to join us. Now let's dive into our series, Fresh. Anybody ever, uh, anybody use Febreze in their house? You ever use this in your house? Yeah, just kind of sprayed around. There's a smell that lingers. You can't tell where it's coming from. Maybe you're like me when you have an old house, and in old houses, our house was built in like 19, I think it was built in 1422, is that when it was built? Something like that? <laughs> Just kidding, it was, built, it, was like, it was built in like 19 something. Anyway, our house is old, which means there's a lot of places that mice could come in and die or live. Over the years, we've kind of mostly figured it out, and every once in a while, you can just smell this faint smell from the garage. Anybody ever have that? You just have a dead mouse smell somewhere. Maybe for you, and you smell it, you just keep on spraying this stuff, or you light candles. Maybe you, you have your Febreze right next to the toilet seat, and you, maybe you spray your husband down, and as soon as he comes out, you just shower him with Febreze. Maybe, maybe for you, it's all that sports gear your kids bring home from practice or sports that they drop on the floor. You have all that. I know, I know, and listen, I've never played hockey, but that smell in the hockey bags is dreadful. You know what I'm saying? And so you just kind of go, oh, we got we to gotta shut this off. Maybe it's your work vehicle. Maybe it's something. But then you, there's a smell. You can't get rid of it. And so what you do is you grab something like this and you cover it up. <laughs> and you think, I'm going to Fix that smell. But can I tell you this? Here's what's funny. Febreze, all it is, is a temporary covering, covering for something that smells, but it doesn't really get rid of the stench. Hear me out. Because what those hockey clothes needs is a good wash. What if instead today you decided... You know what, babe? We're not even going to... I see the laundry you have and the piles that look like Mount Everest every single day because we have six in our family and we have daughters who decide to change clothes 10 times a day. I get it. So instead of doing laundry, let's just spray all the clothes every day. You wouldn't do that. You know why? Because you're not really cleaning the clothes. You're covering up the smell. It's interesting because I believe this is what happens as a metaphor in our lives spiritually. We're not really coming clean with the Lord. We're trying to cover up. We're trying to do what Adam and Eve did when they were in sin, which is instead of confessing to the Lord, they just decided to put some leaves on and cover up. They weren't trying to fix the problem they were trying to self-medicate the problem. They weren't trying to reveal it and try to heal it. They were trying to hide it and not reveal it. They were trying to say, listen, I'm looking for a shortcut. It's interesting that in life is that I believe if we really be honest, most of us when it comes to our personal sin or pain or hardships, try to febreze it instead of saying, Lord, I need to come clean with it. It's interesting because really the question is, have we done a good job being healed and restored of our things? This is what I believe is really true because this series is all about being fresh with the Lord. And that sounds great. I need to be fresh. Can I just tell you, there are steps to being fresh. 
And until you take those fresh steps, you're not really fresh. It may sound, smell pretty for a little bit, but the first step is consecrating. You come to the Lord. Go all in. Say, Lord, I, you're my Lord. Not just my Savior, but you're my Lord. And then the next step I believe we're talking about today is this. Not only do you come before the Lord, but you confess to the Lord. And listen, this is kind of taboo in the church because we say, well, I don't want to deal with that or that's really hard. We don't do a lot of confession anymore. And I believe that we're missing out on a key of healing in our hearts when we don't confess. So I'm just going to give you three things really fast today. And we're going to end with a prayer time today. First one is this. We need to confess your sins. I made your big because that's there for a reason because I didn't say that you confess somebody else's sins. I said that we need to confess my sins, your sins. Can I just tell you really simply, we're pretty good at revealing somebody else's problems and somebody else's shortcomings and somebody else's sins, but we're not too hot of revealing our own sins, our own problems, our own confession. It's a little bit harder to do it that way. And so I just take for a second. I want you to lean over. If there's somebody sitting next to you, if not, just pretend like there's somebody there and say this, this is for me. Do that for a second. I want you to confess this. This is for me. 1 John 1, 6-9 says this, If we claim to have fellowship with him, God, and still walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Not just some parts of sin, not just some things, but all sin If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess, underline, our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that good news? That is good news And it's good for you if you allow the you to be you and not the allow to be your. Here's my goal for the next 21 days for you of prayer and fasting. Stop pulling out somebody else's faults and start pulling out yours. Be more revealing and maybe more writing down things that you need to work on. Uh, the word confession actually in Greek comes to speak the same about your sin as God does. It's confessing or being honest about ourselves the way God sees it. In other words, confession is coming clean to the Lord. Confession is coming clean. We need to come clean. We need to amend and we need to be honest. No more hiding. The first step, hear me out of coming clean is admitting that you are dirty. 
You can't come clean unless you know you're dirty. For instance, the first step of taking the shower is realizing that you need to take a shower. That you smell. That you worked all day. That you need. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like being a teenager and never wearing deodorant and then one day realizing someone tells you you smell and going, oh, I need to wear deodorant. I went on a mission trip with, as a youth pastor. I took a bunch of students of my old youth group on a mission trip. We had this boy with us who was at that time in high school. I swear, I have never smelt a stench like I smelt on this kid all week. And I had to politely pull him aside and say one day, saying, have you taken a shower this week? He's like, no. I said, I think one of your spiritual steps this week for all of us is to take a shower. <laughs> Sometimes we just don't realize that we're dirty. But admitting that you need to be clean is admitting that you have dirt, guilt. Saying, I have made mistakes. So we all have stuff to confess. You hear me that? We all, all of us, Pastor Jarvis, everybody has stuff to confess. We all need forgiveness. Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Sanctification says this, To cleanse or to purify, to make one holy. My mentor, Calvin Olson, I used to pray with this guy every single, well, I shouldn't say that, I'm lying, about four or five times a week before school, and most of you guys know the story, this missionary. Here's this missionary who started churches and planted um, churches and a school in India. He was over there for years and years ago, and he retired in the same community in Wilmer that I grew up in, and so his retirement years spent. The guy only had a TV. He didn't really, he had a computer that pretty much all I ever did was send emails, and he hardly ever went on it just for emails. He hardly ever watched TV. This guy had a prayer journal for every single day. And it is said that he prayed and fasted more in the year than he actually ate. And so he was fasting more than that, than he was eating. And so what's crazy is as he mentored a lot of people, and I talked to his wife later, that he would fast for you know, for him to do a 40-day fast was not unusual. A couple times a year, he would fast. And then he would pray, not until, him saying, and he just say, I'm going to pray this long. He wouldn't, he wouldn't get done praying until God released him from praying, until he felt like in the heavenlies it was done. And so we have a time limit, but he never had a time limit. And here's this guy who spent more time praying than talking, more time praying than watching TV, more time praying than doing his own thing. And, and yet, when I was praying with him, every once in a while, I'd look, and he would open up his Bible and, like, chicken scratch on this piece of paper. And I would be like, one day I finally just said, what are you writing? He goes, well, to be honest with you, I'm writing down, God just revealed to me another sin that I have to work on. So I'm, I'm writing down all the sins I have to work on. I said, what? And here he is, like, praying more than he's eating, praying more than he's reading, praying more than anything, and not, you know what I'm saying? And yet, at that point, he had 38 sins he was praying for himself every single day. After he passed away, I actually have that sheet. Because he gave me his Bible, and it actually had that sheet, and it was 42. 42 things. And this is what he revealed to me. The more you confess, the closer you get to the Lord, the more you realize you have to confess. It's like having a house. Sometimes we don't even see our own dirt until we clean one thing 
and then we realize that's dirty too. It's interesting for me, it's easy to point out somebody else's, but God is saying, listen. And some of us might say, well, I don't have that. I don't need to work on stuff. I'm always convicted by this. This is my conviction. Can I just be honest? The sins of omission and commission. For it says this way, there are certain sins that we talk about all the time that you shouldn't be doing this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And most of us, if I tell you, what are the sins that you're not supposed to be doing? Any of us can give a list of things that we should not be doing. Look at the Ten Commandments. Look at all these things. But then there's other sins of things that we should be doing that God has called us to do that we're not doing. And as a parent, don't you know both of those are the same? For instance, I don't want my kids to be doing stupid things, but I also want them to obey me, and if I say to do something and I'm not doing it, that's what haunts me. If God called me to do something and I'm not doing it, then am I living in sin? Because no matter how you look at it, I think we all have things that we need to confess of. I think we need to have prayers of awareness. Saying, Lord, where am I at? Psalm 138, 23 to 24 says this. Search me, just right there, O God, and know my heart. Test my thoughts. Point out anything you find in me that makes you sad. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. This is the prayer of awareness. The prayer God answers the quickest in your life is, Lord, show me what is wrong that you need to work on. Truth confession is, I believe, is naming that. You want to confess with the Lord? Name those things that are, name the envy, name those things. Write them down. If you're taking a notes and you're praying today and God reveals something, write that down. Lord, I got to work with my exaggeration in my line. Lord, I got to work on my gossip and my backstabbing. Lord, I got to work on my, you know what I'm saying? Name that down. It says we need to know what we're sorry for and we need to confess it. Scripture says if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins, purify us of all righteousness. It says if we confess, he will forgive us. Confession breaks the power, hear me out, of sin in your life. Confession breaks the power of concealed sin in your life. In other words, when you mess up, you need to fess up. Don't we want our kids to do this? When you mess up, fess up, make it right. Romans 10.10 says this, it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. I think we read that really fast and we say, yeah, for confessing with your mouth. But underline mouth. It doesn't say when you confess with your mind. It actually says when you confess with your mouth, when you speak it out. I believe that's when sin is broken. Proverbs 28, 13 says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. But I believe it's when confessing. One of my mentors told me many years ago, he said it this way, you're only as sick as your secrets. You're only as sick as your secrets. Number two is that we need to confess to each other. I think many people have heard this before. Number one is we need to confess your sins to the Lord. 
and confess to each other. James 5.16 says this, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. I'm just going to be honest with you with here. I, I think confessing your sin to somebody else is part of the healing process. I think we miss part of the healing when we stop at just confessing it to God and we don't confess it and be honest with trustworthy people in our lives. It's interesting because it says that you confess your sins to each other. It doesn't say so that you may be forgiven. It actually says that you may be healed. Forgiveness, hear me out. Forgiveness comes from God, but sometimes healing comes through relationships. Only forgiveness comes from the Lord. I want you to hear me. But sometimes when you go to somebody, it's that breaking of power, of sin, of confession that not only begins to forgive you, but when you confess it to Lord and others, it begins to heal you. I believe a lot of us are holding too much stuff inside that we're not confessing out, and it's building up in us, and when we release it, that's when the healing begins to take place. Many people receive forgiveness, but not a full healing. Number three is this. I can get Mark up here. We're going to end service early today because I want us to do some prayer time together. Hear me out when I say this. There's confessing of your sins, which is yours, not somebody else's, yours. Can I just tell you one rule of thumb with this? When you talk about others, make sure you talk about it in encouraging. When you talk about yourself, talk about it in honesty. When you confess your sins, and the next one is this, confessing your sins to one another. Last one is you confess our sins. There's a thing that in the book of Ezra talks about, Ezra prophet talks about many, uh, through the whole thing that they actually do a corporate confession, which means to come together as a body, as church, as people, as believers, and not just confess of your own sin, but to confess of our, our sins, to confess of the sins of a church, to confess of a sins of a nation. It's not a new concept, but I do believe it's been forgotten over the years. It's interesting because in this period of our culture that we live in with everything going on in our nation, just think about 2020 for a second. Think about the divide that happened politically, racially, and that continues to happen. There is this divide that's happening and that the we all believe that there's more than just it's principalities and darkness at work. Now, hear me out. I just want you to hear this. I, did a, I talked with Bill the other night, and I love what he said. He says, anytime that we put a person and we put our hope in a person or a system, it becomes almost a form of idolatry. Because our hope is not built on sand. Amen? Our hope is built on the Lord. 
He is the one who redeems. He is the one that saves. But here's what happens is that with everything going on, we, and I would say this too, nothing's new under the sun. It says this in Ecclesiastes. There's nothing new. All through scripture talks about governments that have been, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, hurting and places that have been, had pain and division. Think about when Jesus came. They had to bring Jesus under the cover of night because the government wanted to destroy the firstborn. Think about this for a second. So none of this is new to the Lord. He's not surprised by this. But we need to, Lord, because all through scriptures, when people come together and pray and surrender and ask God to heal a nation, the prophets rise up and God brings healing. Listen, there is capital, state capitals, federal capitals that have been having fences built and guns brought in because of protection. This shouldn't happen. There shouldn't not be so much hatred. Can I just say, God needs to forgive our hate. God needs to forgive our sin. God needs to forgive our prejudice. God needs to forgive so many things. We say words like one nation under God. It's become a nation under self. And we need to go back. But I'll say this. Peace is not found in a government. Peace is not found in a law. Peace is not found in a person. Peace is found in Jesus Christ. Amen. We need God to forgive. We need God to bring healing. We need God to release us from the bondage. And people say we need truth. I say we have the truth. We need to walk in the truth. Or we need light for the situation. We need to be brought to light. I say we need to walk in the light because we are walking in darkness. This is the same scripture that I just read it. He is a light in the dark places. We put our hope in the Lord. So I want to read this. Abraham Lincoln proclamation. Abraham Lincoln. On a national day prayer and fasting, this is what he said. He prayed over the nation. He said this. We have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. We have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with broken success, we become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before offended power to confess our national sins and pray for clemency and forgiveness. Everybody stand up this morning. If you haven't got communion yet, I encourage you to grab it. Here's how we're going to do it this morning. I want us to take your communion out. And we're first going to do this. If there's anybody, I'm going to pray an individual prayer of confession. I believe there are some people who just need to come clean with the Lord.
Not somebody else's sins, your sin. Bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're two things I'm gonna pray. Number one is this: if you need the Lord come into your life, you've never have the Lord in your life before, you never accepted Jesus Christ in your life before. Just want you to raise your hand in this place. Don't be afraid. Everybody repeat after me, dear Jesus. I give you my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me my sins. Help me to follow you. Holy Spirit, fill me up. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer, I would love to pray with you. First time, I'd love to pray with you. We actually believe in our church that if the prerequisite for taking communion is actually just being right with the Lord. That's when we go to next, next number two here. Personal confession. I don't need you to confess out loud. Maybe you need to. I'm just going to take a moment right now, and I want you, as your eyes are closed, here's what I want you to pray. I want you to pray this. I want you to say, Lord, search me. Know my heart. Test my thoughts. Point out anything you find in me that makes you sad and lead me in the path of everlasting life. And with an open heart wrench, I just want you to say, Lord, search me. Allow me to reveal things to you that you need to confess. You need to lay down. Jesus, search us, Lord. Search us, Lord. Make us right in you. Reveal the hidden things to our hearts. Reveal to us. things that we don't already know about. Lord, bitterness, anger. Everybody look up here. If you, if we're going to do this, if you want to stay in your seats, it's awesome. If you want to go someplace in the back, that's good. If you want to come down the altar, we're going to open it up. Before we take communion, I'm going to read a prayer. And then we're going to commit to the Lord. It's a prayer of the nation. So I'm just going to give you a second. If you want to come down the front, you can. If you want to step out, if you want to go someplace else, you can. Jesus. government still water in Minnesota. Lord, forgive us. Lord, with everything going on this week, Lord, we give you. We need you. We can't heal ourselves. We need your wisdom. We also need your forgiveness, Lord. Lord, forgive us of our prejudice. Forgive us of our 
hate. Forgive us of our own divisive words that bring division. Forgive us as Christian believers that we meddle in things that we're never called to meddle in. That, that we lived in darkness when we should be living in light. That we confess everybody else's sins without confessing our own. Holy and righteous God, we confess that like Isaiah, we are people of unclean lips. Not, but it's not only unclean lips we possess, we are people with unclean hands and unclean hearts. We have broken your law times without number. We are guilty of pride, unbelief, self-centeredness, and idolatry. Affect our hearts with the severity of our sin and the glory of your righteousness as we now acknowledge our sins in your presence. Lord, we have had other gods before you. We have worshipped and served the creator and the creatures rather than the creator. We have sought satisfaction in the world's pleasures rather than you. We have loved praise and our own glory more than yours. We have taken your name in vain. We have prayed religious prayers to impress others. We have uttered your name countless times without reverence of your love. We have listened to others use your name in vain without any grief. We have murdered in our hearts. We have often destroyed our neighbor with our tongues. We have been quick to unturely judge others. We have considered revenge. We were sinned against. We have committed adultery with our eyes. We have loved temptation rather than fighting it. We have justed, lusted after unlawful or moral pleasures. We have justified our lust by using the word, world as our standard and not your word. We have stolen what is not ours and coveted what belongs to others. Our lives overflow with discontent, ungratefulness, and envy. We have complained in the midst of your abundant provision. We have sought to exalt ourselves through owning more. We have lied to you and to others. We have told distorted truths, half-truths, and untruths. We have despised the truth to make ourselves look better. Even in our confession, we look for ways to hide our guilt and our shame. Oh God, we have sinned against you many times and over. And we pray for your mercy, not just for us, but for the nation, Lord. We are ashamed to lift up our faces before you of our iniquities. And we pray for a fresh start today. Your mercies are new. And I pray for a fresh start in the hearts of your people and for this nation, Lord. We pray the prayer of Psalm 51 that says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And Lord, I pray the prayer of the Old Testament that says, this is the day of the Lord's favor. Lord, this is the day that you have made. Lord, your mercies are new. And I just pray, Lord, that you make us fresh. And Lord, that you pray, we pray, Lord, 
have mercy and the wrath remember mercy among us and our nation. Lord, forgive us of our sins and help us to turn to you. If you can take your communion this morning. This is in scripture. It says, for I received from the Lord what I've delivered to you. And the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you to do this in remembrance of me. And Lord, I, Lord, I pray for this, the bread. Lord, in this moment, in this time, Lord, we, as we begin to take it, Lord, I just pray that we remember, Lord, that what you have done on the cross Everything else pales in comparison compared to what you did for us. Lord, we give, we remember today, Lord, in the midst of everything going on in the chaos, Lord, that you gave of yourself. For God, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave us. You gave of yourself that we may have life. You can take and eat. In the same way, he took the cup and after he separated, saying, this is the new covenant, my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink in it in remembrance of me. So often as you eat the bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the blood. I thank you, Lord, for the new covenant that you made with us, that, Lord, you, the high priest, sacrificed the last time for all sins of this world. Because of you, Lord. And Lord, we don't have to live in the shame and the guilt. And your mercy endures and your grace endures because of that. And drink. Amen. They're going to lead in some worship. And I, here's my encouragement for you today not to be in the rush. Listen, we talked a lot about confessing. I think it's at the place of confession that the deepest healing comes. Maybe today you need to say, I need to talk to somebody. I encourage it for you is talk to the Lord before you talk to somebody. Come clean with the Lord. You want a fresh start? Then come clean. Be honest. For some in this room, when you ask God to search your heart, some things were going to come up about your past from maybe years ago that you thought you were done with and God's going to bring it up. Maybe it's going to happen to yesterday, but don't rush the process. God wants to do an inner healing and he wants to break the power through our confession. Lord, I pray as we pray today, search our hearts. Lord, we pray for this nation today, this week. But Lord, before revival starts in a nation, it needs to start in us. It needs to start in us. And I pray in every person today, through consecration and confession, let revival start in us. Restore unto me the joy of our salvation. Let's pray this morning and worship this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today here at Watermark Church. If you have any questions or want to learn more, 
you can visit us at www.stillwatermark.com. Thank you.